Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, and every Thursday, normally at 735, the good doctor good enough to move up a little early this day. And just back from a speaking engagement in Orlando, Florida. And I hope uh, the good doctor, Mike Hutchinson, you got some much needed rest too. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing good. Uh was it warm in Florida? Because I've been hearing, you know, a lot of different places over time. Sometimes people go down and it's chilly or cold, but I think you had good weather, right? Yeah, I mean, 50s and 60s, that's warm to me, especially when we're leaving Pittsburgh in the ice and snow when we went down and then it got warmer. I thought it was very warm. So, Well, you brought the warm weather back with you because we're looking, <laughs> we had the 60 here yesterday, which is crazy for a February 21st, three weeks in. No kidding. <laughs> All right, let's get to the questions. Uh, Lisa in Bellevue wants to know, Dr. Mike, can a cat survive on a vegetarian diet? My sister feeds her cat a vegetarian diet, specifically for cats. Uh, aren't cats carnivores? Yeah, they are. They're obligate carnivores, and that's exactly correct. So it means your bodies are designed to metabolize nutrients from, from meat, animal-based sources, and it's much more efficient than plant-based sources. So if you feed a vegetarian diet, they lack all these essential nutrients that can lead to heart problems, vision loss, horrible coat, and you have to give them synthetic supplements. And it's highly controversial. I, I consider it a bad idea. I think it's too risky. I don't recommend it. And I think if that person or her sister would talk, if she doesn't believe her veterinarian, talk to a nutrition, a veterinary nutritionist. I think most of them agree that it's a bad idea. All right, Jason and Tara in Brackenridge want to know, Dr. Mike, my dog was diagnosed with hip dysplasia. Uh, he's not currently lame. Can I do anything to prevent him from becoming lame in the future? First, Doc, what is hip dysplasia? So hip dysplasia is where the ball and socket joint in the hips are not formed correctly. So they're instead of sitting in nice and tight with that ball right into the, deep into the socket, it's shallow. And so it bangs around and causes advanced arthritis. So dogs with hip dysplasia usually get arthritis early. Instead of getting it at, you know, 8, 9, 10 years of age, they have it, some of them, at one year of age. And so they start getting painful. So one of the best things you can do is you can keep them lean. And, you know, weight management is just vitally important. And then I tell people low-impact exercises like leash walking, swimming, um, you know, maybe physical therapy if they need it. That would help keep their muscles strong. And, and I do a lot of stem cells. Now, stem cells don't correct that mechanical problem, but if you harvest stem cells now, it helps tremendously with the pain from that arthritis. It really does help manage that. So I strongly recommend that. And then I would get my dog on joint supplements, like new, uh, things like Dasequin or, or U-Move. There's a good product out there now that will help with these joints to make them more fluid so that they're less likely to develop their arthritis. They still will, but these are things that you do to manage it. And it's not a death sentence. I tell everybody that 
It doesn't mean every dog has to turn and have a hip replacement. A, you know, a small percentage will have to have hip replacements, but most of the dogs can be managed through this. Are there breeds that have tendencies for hip dysplasia? We have a golden retriever, as you know, and I've heard they yeah. have a tendency for that. That's absolutely true, and everybody should do their homework before they get a breed. Golden retrievers are one of the big ones. German shepherds are probably number one for hip dysplasia, and it's I think they say that um, greater than ninety percent of the uh, German shepherds, unless you find a good breeder, you know, greater than ninety percent of them probably have hip dysplasia. So, um, yeah, there are some breeds you want to be careful, and there's um, you'd be surprised even Shelties um, can be prone to hip dysplasia, small dogs. So you want to just find out and do your homework before you get a purebred. Dear Dr. Mike, can you discuss the early signs of diabetes? Our dog was diagnosed after we noticed he ate and drank a lot. Thank you, Mike and Kim and Robinson. Yeah, so Mike and Kim, are, you know, when they drink a lot, that's probably number one, and therefore they end up urinating a lot because they're drinking so much. And some of these dogs and cats will empty the bowls. You just can't keep them full of water. They, they drink that much, so it's really noticeable. If you notice that, some of them get increased hunger because they're not metabolizing the glucose for energy, the sugar for energy. And so they get hungry all the time and then they eat more, but they lose weight even though they're eating more. So those are the classic signs that we'll see is increased thirst, increased urination and weight loss and maybe increased appetite. And because they're not using that sugar well in their body, they they tend to be more tired. You know, they're less energetic due, due to that inefficiency. So um, anytime you see your pet drinking more, um, either one, urinating more, drinking more, see your vet because those are classic signs of many diseases, diabetes being one of those. So they could have kidney disease or a bladder infection that would cause them to drink more and urinate more. But anytime you see that, that's a great sign that's telling you something's going on with your with your pet and you should take them into the vet to find out how. And we do simple blood tests and urinalysis and we can diagnose these conditions. And finally, Doc, I was in North Park yesterday walking with, seemed like everybody in the North Hills. Uh, it was so nice, sunny and 60. I saw a lot of dogs out, but I thought about you for this reason. I thought, don't go off the path because there's ticks out there. <laughs> yeah, remember that picture I showed you? That one dog came off the path. Unbelievable. On its leg. I mean, literally, we're not exaggerating. And there's so many ticks. They're hungry right now. And it's, you know, we recommend tick control year round because. They're disease-carrying experts. You always hear me talking about it. Um, it's not just Lyme disease. There's many other diseases they carry, like ehrlichiosis, anaplasmosis, babesiosis, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and Lyme disease. So I always tell people just avoid the ticks or keep them on good tick control. It's responsible pet ownership in this area. So um, year-round, every month. All right. You better get at it. Thank you, Doc. You're welcome. You have a great day. All your patients are waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Dr. Mike Hutchinson, go to animalgeneral.net. We have a link at kdkradio.com, and he'll be back with us again next Thursday. You're welcome, by the way, anytime to send your questions. Smail key, instant access, instant access at kdkradio.com. We'll make sure the good doc gets them.